This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. Is there a place for civil disobedience for the Christian? In what ways should we rebel against government authority? In what ways should we submit to government authority? Pastor Ryan and Pastor Josh will tackle these questions and more on this edition of Radiant Reflections. Well, welcome back. We are on a marathon run here for Radiant Reflections. You can probably tell my voice is a little bit hoarse (laughs) because uh, we just shot uh, one normal length episode and then a long episode in our Faith and Politics series. And we're jumping in to do one more in the same sitting. So yes, we're still wearing the same clothes. Uh, Yes, we do own more than one outfit. Uh, We just haven't, other than stretch breaks, we haven't left these chairs since we started recording episode 37. Yeah, but a lot of it is, we. this is important to have this discussion, go down these roads, because again, the election is two weeks away. Now, I want to say before we jump in, is this the most important election ever? I think every year, every <laughs> election every year, election is that's the most been important. said. Um, no, I think this, this one has, I think, significant consequences. Um, but is it the most important election? Every election's important. Well, see, and I would actually say yes, it is, because it's the one that we currently have to yes, vote in. we will currently so, experience so yes, the consequences is, of this election. This yes. is the most important yeah. election yeah. right now, because... It's the one that we can vote And in. we'll say it in 2024 so, again. Yeah, and, and that will be the most important election in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, my name is Josh Harriman, one of the pastors here at Radiant Life Church. I am joined once again by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm really excited for tomorrow after sitting in this chair for hours because I have a massage tomorrow. Oh, there you I go. I need to be stretched out. Work out all your tension from yeah. talking about politics. I, I told you guys I, off air, I said, man, this is just difficult. It's not as cut and dry as I think a lot of us may, may feel. Living in the But gray. that's what I love. Yeah, I love walking into the tension. Jesus didn't avoid tension. He walked into it. Um, he walked into the gray areas. And that's what we're just trying to do it lovingly and grace-filled and maybe open, open eyes in, in, in a good way. Which, a uh, little behind-the-scenes knowledge here, prior to starting the podcast, Pastor Ryan and I had talked for quite a while about starting a podcast, and one of the name ideas that uh, Pastor Ryan had thrown out was, like, living in the gray. But apparently somebody else had already named a podcast that, because it's all about just this idea that uh, we like black and white sometimes, and we like clear-cut boundaries, uh, but following Jesus is not always clear-cut. So Yeah. On a, on a lot of things it is, but many things also it's... Not you're like oh what you're like oh, I'm not really should I murder this person or oh, should no, I no, not no, no okay yeah no. that's, that's that's black and that's white that's black and white yep there we go so uh, we're continuing our faith and politics series here in episode thirty nine and we uh, in episode thirty eight we talked about what should our posture be towards the government as followers of Jesus. And in general, when we read scripture, Romans 13, uh, 1 Peter, 1 Timothy, Jeremiah 29, uh, Mark 12, 17, the basic idea is submission to the authorities. However, we have examples in scripture where people engage in what we would probably use in our modern vernacular, we would call it civil disobedience. Yep. So we wanted to work into that a little bit and then... <clears throat> Man, this is going to be crazy. I'm sounding like I'm going through puberty or something here. You with my are. Voice. <laughs> That's a round two. Round two. 
Uh, then we're going to dig into the the actual episode uh, that we have here, uh, the, the golden calf of nationalism. So let's first talk civil disobedience. Uh, ultimately, all authority is in God's hands. Right? We know that government and, and, and earthly authorities uh, should be a representation of God's authority, but they aren't always. When do we cross the line of disobedience to the state or federal government. For example, I mean, and I'll give you an example, right? So in some countries, it would be illegal to own a Bible. It would be, I mean, in a sense, as much as you can, you know, make it illegal to you know, be part of a belief system, it would be illegal to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anytime... You can cross the line of, of what do we call it? Disobedience so just, yeah, to the state or federal government. When it has anything to do with, and I forgot what Pastor JB said because I really liked his words. Because we were talking about this. Shout, shout it out, JB. What did you say? Anytime we cross the line of disobedience and government mandates or laws that don't cause us to deny Jesus and our faith and protect innocent life. We are outside of God's balance. There. That, that was, was good. good. I hope that, would that, would that have come through through these mics? Are they yeah. hot enough to pick that up, JB? So sure. let's just reiterate, and then you fill in what I miss. Anytime it's going to cause us to deny, deny Jesus or our faith, or God, or innocent lives, that's the line. Yeah. We are outside if it does not do that. Because we are called to authority. To submit to authority. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. I knew we were, we were talking off, off air before we jumped in online or started recording again, and I just liked what he had to say, and I keep forgetting what he was saying. Our heads are swimming in this faith in politics thing. Because I think, you know, somebody might look at, at Romans 13 and say, oh, I'm supposed to submit to the governing authorities. Uh, the governing authorities are telling me I can't read my Bible so I guess I'll submit and not read my Bible. Yeah. You know, when no, that like that isn't the case, right? Uh, right. It, and that is where recognizing God as as the ultimate authority yeah. comes into play. God says, "Hey, you got to dig into the Word. You've got to, yeah. you know, have communion with other believers." So if your government says, "Hey, church is illegal," then you say, well, "Yeah, but God says," and that is directly related to. Uh, obeying what God has laid down. So. Yeah, and I, I, I think there's biblical precedent for that, right? Think of Daniel. Hey, bow down. Daniel says, I'm not going to bow down to this false god. I will not bow down. And then, well, <laughs> so you if actually, you know the story. Right, so you've got, actually, there are three, at least three examples in the book of Daniel where you see civil disobedience uh, in, in varying degrees. You have Nebuchadnezzar set up this statue. He says, hey, when the music plays, everybody bow down and worship the statue. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, say, eh, we can't do that, right? <laughs> God says there's, there's no other gods. Don't have any idols. You can't worship anybody other than Yahweh, the one true God. Uh, so they disobey because to obey would have been in direct violation of what God called them to. Yes. You see Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're actually named. Maybe they are. Uh, but when they're first brought to Babylon and chosen to be advisors, mm-hmm. uh, Dan, they are given all this, you know, 
really rich food. You know, the king's like, hey, we got to fatten all these guys up. They're kind of skinny little punks uh, from Israel. We got we to gotta fatten them up. But they're like, no, actually, to, to take this food would be a violation to the, to the dietary restrictions that God had in place for Israel. And so they, that one, and we can talk a little bit about this, right? But in a, in a sense, uh, Chuck Colson in his book, I'm going to hold this up for those watching the video, God and Government, the book I believe used to be called Kingdoms in Conflict. Um, he talks about this and he says, when it, when it comes to civil disobedience, you have to choose the, the path of minimum resistance. Right, so so Daniel didn't didn't sit there and say, "Well, I'm going on a hunger strike. I'm gonna burn down uh, all the hog farms in Babylon to to go against this thing." Mm -hmm. So that ha, ain't nobody eating bacon. Uh, he you know he went to the steward and said, "Hey, man, look, would it be all right like if me and my friends if we just eat some veggies and water because it, it goes against what God has called us to to eat all this other stuff." Yep. You know, so he just he just very quietly did this and and. Again, it was, it was going against what was handed down by the governing authorities, uh, but he went against it. Then the other case is where, uh, with Daniel, King Darius makes this edict that for 30 days, uh, nobody, you can't pray to anybody except the King Darius. Mm -hmm. Man, you got I mean, some of these guys in Babylon, kind of like egotistical, like wackadoos, man. They're like, hey, Babylon I'm going to make, a, pretty statue. Evil. I'm gonna make <laughs> a statue of myself. Y'all got to worship it. I'm going to, yeah. I'm the king. You need to pray to me uh, and nobody else. Daniel said, hey, like, I'm sorry, man. I can't pray to anybody other than, than Yahweh. And, and so he did. And, and as a result, you know, he got chucked in the lion's den. And, and again, even if you're not a church person, you've probably heard some version of that uh, narrative. But each of those instances were, you are to deny in that Old Testament, you're denying Yahweh, you're denying God. And they're like, no, that, that's the line right there. That's the line. And then now let's fast forward to the Newer Testament. You have, you have following the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, Peter and John, two of Jesus' closest followers, they are in the temple courts preaching about who Jesus was, what he came to do, and they are arrested by the religious council and, and they drag, you know, Peter and John in front of them and they say, hey, like, you got to stop talking about this. And Peter and John say, hey, like, should we obey you or should we obey God? You know, Jesus told these guys, hey, uh, I'm leaving. I need you guys to go and make disciples. You need to tell everybody about what I did and what I came to do. Uh, go and do that. So if they had listened to the religious council, they would have been in, in direct opposition to what Jesus himself had asked them to do. So they said, Sorry, <laughs> we can't do it. Um, yeah, so all of those are, are cases, though, where it's very clear that it's uh, uh, tied into following God. Uh, Chuck Colson, has a, he, he calls followers of Jesus, and, and again, in this, this book, God and Government, he says that we should only ever participate in civil disobedience to display submissiveness to God, not just to defy the government, yep. which I think is an important distinction. Yeah, and I think I touched on it a little bit last episode of check your heart. Yes. Check your heart. Yes, yes. That's what I want to say about that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I got, and I, I grabbed this book if you haven't read it. He's got a chapter that this is coming out of called uh, Christian Patriotism. Um, 
but he talks, I've got a couple of, couple of other quotes that I want to share from him. Um, he says this, he says in our day, and, and because we see, um, you know, in, in recent months, there have been a lot of protests, some of them, some of them peaceful, some of them very violent, right? I mean, just looting and like destroying cities and buildings, burning stuff down. Um, is really interesting as I was reading through this, uh, Chuck Colson says this, in our day, breaking laws to make a dramatic point is the ultimate logic of terrorism, not civil disobedience. So I think we've got to, we have to tread very carefully when it comes to when and where and how we uh, engage in civil disobedience. Again, uh, number one criteria, is this something that you're doing because you need to submit to the ultimate authority of God? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is this something where you just don't like a rule, so you're going to kind of stick it to the man and burn some crap down? You're fired up about civil disobedience. You know what? I am. Because you, uh, you, even leaving last episode, you really wanted to get it. And I, off air, <laughs> I even said, maybe we should just postpone this question and you felt like which I got it felt fit more with the last episode but you have I mean I'm sitting back enjoying you just talking right now because (laughs) I mean you're you're nailing it it's just you could tell you're very passionate about this one yeah well I mean just in light of social events you know it's been interesting to watch um the the state of our society and and quite frankly it 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 scares me where we are as a society uh, the way we seek to enact change. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it really scares me when followers of Jesus get caught up in it. Because it's like, holy moly, you guys are so missing out on <laughs> what God is calling us to yeah. in this moment. And I'm afraid in that, that we really miss our opportunity to witness well. We lose that credibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that literally breaks the Heavenly Father's heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think another, uh, and again, I'm, I'm really like beating this Chuck Colson drum here. because it's Which just, it's a great it's book. So it's good. just It's a, it's it's a big so, book. They gotta, but again, I mean, book. and this is, not like a, this is not like a light read. Again, I've, I've mentioned a couple of resources, God and Politics by Mark Deaver, um, Before You Vote by David Platt. Those, Those are, are easy, easy, well, short easy. Reads. I mean, there's heavy stuff in the David Platt. Well, there's heavy stuff in both, but they're short reads. This yeah. is like a, a textbook for a, you know, poli-sci and faith class yep. kind of thing. Yep. Um, so it's, it's a little bit headier than uh, the other two. But just so many good things. I was just reading, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, so there are times where we have to engage in civil disobedience because it goes against what God calls us to. But uh, Colson in this book highlights something really really interesting that, and this is where, you know, I say when I look at our society today, I think we miss. We miss. He says, in, in this one, he's referring to Peter and John, right? They've been arrested okay. for, for preaching in the temple courts. They're dragged before the religious council, and they're told not to do this. Well, and then what they, they say, no, hey, we have to obey God. So they go out and they preach, and they get arrested again, thrown in prison. Chuck Colson says this, Though they disobeyed authority, they showed proper respect for authority by a willingness to accept their 
punishment. Those who practice civil disobedience must be prepared to pay the consequences of civil disobedience. So in the last episode, we talked about our posture towards government, and it's a posture of submission, right? So even in their civil disobedience, Peter and John, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they engaged in civil disobedience, but they were willing to pay the price. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew if you don't bow down, you're getting chucked in a furnace. And they said, hey, we know that God can save us. Even if he doesn't, we're still going to do what God told us to do. They were willing to accept it. Daniel, uh, he says, hey, like there are going to be consequences if I continue to pray to Yahweh God. Uh, he still did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so they were willing to, to accept that. So in, in their disobedience, they were still submissive, which I think we miss. Yeah, right? one, I agree with that. And this is like super hot button issue, maybe a little less so than it was uh, several months ago. But in, uh, what was it, probably uh, mid to late May, right, there, uh, George Floyd, right, was, was killed, right? There, you had this, that were, this exchange with the police officer, right? But in the aftermath of that, right, people were like looting and burning and protesting, and people were going to jail for some of the things they were doing as part of these protests. And I'm not saying that everyone, you know, I mean, this is a super, uh, I think it's a complicated issue. I don't want to pretend like it's super simple. But in the aftermath of this, you had celebrities raising and donating millions of dollars to go into a fund to bail out protesters. Yep. So protesting, all these things, this would be civil. Hey, we're saying, hey, nope, we want to we step out and, and, in a sense, disobey because we believe this is a justice issue that needs to be spoken against. But then when they're arrested for that, you have people bailing them out. So they want the civil disobedience without the submission. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that isn't an option on the table. Yeah. I mean, you should get arrested in Minneapolis when you are looting a target, you're stealing from the store. That has nothing to do with protesting. That is absolutely breaking the law, and you ought to have consequences for that. And, and some of that, Not too. dip into a celebrity pool to get you out because you want to do civil unrest. That, there's, you're right. You said it earlier. It's scary where our society is going. Yeah. So absolutely frightening in those moves. So it's just, man, I don't know. Every, you have the right to protest. And please do if you really believe like this is God-honoring in this protest. Don't loot, right? Violence is not what's going to solve our issues. And, That's where we stay away from. And if you engage in a protest and through the course of that, you're arrested. <laughs> I, I, again, man, I just think, I, to me, to me, this, this waves the cautionary flag of be very careful when you choose and how you choose and where you choose to engage in civil disobedience. Yes, yes there are times where that is the appropriate uh, course of action. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, and you talked about this in the last episode, uh, we get caught up in the emotion of something. Yep. And, and that's what's driving the train to go back to yep. a message Pastor Brandon gave uh, back during quarantine. That was a while ago. Yep. Um, yeah. Emotions of the engine that's driving and it's going to derail you. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, okay yeah. to be emotional over, over things. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying, man, just... <laughs> that's why we say, like, you get that one email or text message and you're, you're fired up and you want to respond back, like, you know, it's like, no, it's because you're not 
going to respond like Jesus right now. Calm down, then think of an appropriate response. There you go. All right. That's good. Here we go. Here we go. Any, anything else you want to say on civil disobedience? I'm I think you, you nailed it. You said it good. Because uh, I think now I'm going to get fired up. So, so here's really, I would say this to those of you that are listening. You're like, man, I want you guys to go deeper. Grab this book by Chuck Colson. It, even if you only read the chapter on uh, Christian Patriots, where he talks about civil disobedience, uh, he goes through just some different criteria, things to look at, um, just for the sake of time. I mean, we really, we really can't get into the, into all of that here uh, in this episode. But again, I would point you to these resources. Um, the golden calf of nationalism. Originally, originally uh, we called this the golden calf of patriotism. However, I want to be careful. Uh, so, and I want to be clear here and give a disclaimer. This is not a diss towards the military. I have family members that have been in the military. I have friends that have been in the military. Right? This is in no way. And a lot of times we talk about them and we, and we would use the term patriot. So I, I, I opted to not use the golden calf of patriotism uh, because in no way, shape, or form do I want this to be something that reflects uh, negatively towards the military. I have nothing but appreciation and respect for the men and women uh, who serve our country. So please, please hear me on that. So I opted instead for nationalism. Um, you looked like you were going to say something, Ryan. Otherwise, I'm going to read a definition of nationalism. Go ahead. Definition of nationalism is this. Identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. So here's, here's where... Um, Give us, like, for those that are listening, like, what in the world does that have to do with a golden calf? Uh, let's, <laughs> let's assume, which is probably accurate, that in our country, biblical literacy is really low. <laughs> uh, give us, like, the, the 30 to 60 second flyover of what in the world the golden calf has to do with any of this. So going back to Moses, Moses goes on top of the mountain to meet with God. His brother Aaron, the priest, is down there with the people. And they're getting mad. Hey, Moses is taking too long with God. You know, we, we got to start worshiping something, right? And so Aaron says, hey, take all the jewelry, take all the gold that we basically re got from Egypt as we were slaves for 400 years. And as we left, we kind of gathered all this stuff. Bring it to me. And uh, I'm going to melt, I don't know what, what the melt it. What, melt it down. Whatever, melt it down and created a golden calf. And they started worshiping this golden calf. And Moses obviously eventually comes down from the mountain meeting with God and is furious because he's like, what are you guys doing? Uh, you know, and he breaks the Ten Commandments, slams this, those tablets down, and he's just upset because he's like, man, you couldn't wait for me. Now you're worshiping this thing type thing. Right, which, which is really interesting because where did they get the gold? As they were leaving Egypt, God basically like <laughs> prompted all the Egyptians. They were like giving them jewelry. They're giving them gold. They're giving them all these things. As they left slavery, God blessed his people in this huge way. And they took his blessing yep. and they turned it into something that was absolutely blasphemous against God. <laughs> and I think that is what we have done in our nation in some ways. I'm getting, I don't know. I'm we just, love all you listeners <laughs> and viewers. We love you. We love this country. I'm That's, getting, I'm getting fired up. I and mean, this is where we said in the first episode that we we're going to try to be gentle. I'm, I'm just curious if people, like do we love this country more than we love God? And, and in a sense, how have we let our, our political system, our government, all the blessings that we have as, as people who live in this country, how have we let that how have we let those things pull us away from the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I want to read a quote. This is by Dr. Amy Black. I referenced this book uh, in uh, the first political episode. Uh, it's a book called Honoring God in Red or Blue. She says, if Christians lose confidence in God's sovereign control and instead look primarily to politics to restore society and culture, they can make government into an idol. Uh, and that's kind of what we want to speak against today because, because I think this is not just something that you see in secularism, right, where people think, oh, well, we have nowhere else to turn. Let's hope our government can do it. I think within the church, uh, you have seen uh, a percentage of, of followers of Jesus that have misplaced their faith as well. Uh, I don't know. Do you, is that yeah? We talked about it earlier this morning too. Yeah. The idea of the issue that I'm seeing with followers of Jesus. If we've put, we think that government will give us the power and peace in the world, and it's not. The kingdom of God will give us the power and peace. But we've almost used this government and turned it into an idol, thinking that's the answer to it all. It is not the answer. God's kingdom is the answer. And so we idolize, in a sense, politicians and government to say, oh, look, they're the ones that are going to go after the issues. They're the ones that represent, or what we believe, represent the gospel message. So we need to vote for them, or this, or that. No, we have lost, we have put too much hope into government and not, I don't know if we've lost the kingdom of God in the midst of it or not, but it's like, man, if you're that hopeful for the government, I hope you are even more hopeful for the kingdom of God because that's where the answers lie. And, and, and I've said it, and I, I, I mean, no, the politician sign in your front yard, I hope for the other months of the year you have a Jesus sign in your front yard. <laughs> the hat that you're wearing for your political candidate, I hope you have a hat for Jesus the other months. The shirt, the flag, what the bumper sticker, whatever it is, you have placed obviously a lot of hope in it and you're passionate about it. I have no problem being passionate about politics at all. I hope you're more passionate about Jesus. So if you're willing to wear a Trump hat around town, wear a Jesus hat all the time then. Like, make him more famous than your politician. If you want to put that Joe Biden bumper sticker on your car, then you ought to... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where are you okay. going? Where are you going? <laughs> celebrate Jesus more than the politician. Please celebrate Jesus in more than the government. We, we, we cross... Yeah, I just, I'm going to get passionate and I need to stop talking and let you. No, 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 no. Because, and I, I again, uh, like, hear us, again, we said we'd be gentle, but I do think this is something that we get passionate about. Because, because, and, and I'm not saying this is a test that we have in scripture, right? This is, this is coming from a couple of dudes, right? But I would love it if everyone listening and watching, if you would, if you would take a look at your front yard, if you would take a look at your social media feed, if you would take a look at the conversations that you have, are you as visual and verbal about your passion for Jesus as you are your political candidate. Yeah, and I want to say this, and, and don't remember, viewers, listeners, I love you guys. I'm just very passionate about making Jesus the most famous person on planet Earth. And so I, I'm going to say this just because I see a lot of it. So I'm not, if you're voting President Trump in for a re-election, I'm not, I, this isn't a picking. I want to throw that disclaimer. 
But if you're willing to, in my eyes, if you're willing to wear that pin, because I see a lot of those pins on people. The, Are pins coming back? I, I've been seeing a lot. The Trump pins. I, I see a like lot a, of those more than I do the Biden pins. That was I mean, like a, a punk rock thing, like back it? in the '90s. I mean, you'd, you'd, yeah. my brother had like a guitar strap with like <laughs> boatloads of pins. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't I hardly ever see those. pins anymore. But my point is this: if you're willing to wear that, you. Please hear my heart on this. I hope you're willing to talk about your faith every single day. Because my fear is we put more faith into that politician, but then we're going to take it off after the election. And I'm going to sit there and say, hey, can you tell me about your faith journey, your story, who you believe? And you sit there and go, I don't know where I stand with my faith. I, I can't tell you when I was a Christian. I can't tell you any experiences I had. But your entire life for the last three months has been all about one guy. And it has not been about the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. We have an issue with faith in politics then. Right. And I want to call, I want to call some people out right here. Because sometimes when we talk about talking to other people about Jesus, people are like, oh, well, I just don't know enough. Or, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm pretty new to the faith. Like, I don't, I don't know enough about the Bible. Okay. Are you telling me that you know everything there is to know about all of your political candidates' uh, potential policies? Really? You've read like his 1500 page uh, tax policy document? Like you know that well enough to where you can be verbal and visual about supporting that candidate? No, of course you haven't read that stupid document. Yeah. But, just, but you say, oh, yeah. but I don't know enough about God to tell people about Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm calling some people out. I, I, I'm just, yeah, we're, we're, now we're, I think we're getting into the episodes okay, where we're going to get a little more fiery, if I'm, you will. And we'll some, do it with gentleness. Please hear us viewers over here. <laughs> and listeners. Like we're going to, we're going to get into a lot more this episode and then two episodes that we're airing next week as well. As we, we're going to get a little more fiery and passion. Because this is what we as pastors that don't, again, we don't understand the, the, entire, the entire government and political system we have, but we deeply understand and devoted to who Jesus Christ is. And we're sharing right now, this episode is going to be honestly a lot more of what's upsetting and what do we see. And um, the goal is, again, I think we're losing sight of Jesus in the midst of politics. We've put our faith into an idol of government and not is strong into the kingdom of God. Right. And, and I, th I do think this episode, more than the other ones, um, in a sense, is a more prophetic episode. Prophetic meaning, if you look through the Old Testament, right, the role of a prophet, and I'm not, and please hear, like, I'm not claiming me and Ryan are, pro like, I'm just saying, like, in the tone of, of what we're communicating here today. Uh, the prophets were there, and they would call God's people back because God's yes. people would consistently go off the rails, and and you know it didn't stop with the golden calf. They they were they were consistently and constantly going after other mm -hmm. idols and putting things above God. And the prophets would come and say, "Guys, cut it out!" I know this is going to be a long this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> um, we're moving. We're moving. Here we we're go. We're trying. All right. Um, so that's, that's kind of the tone here. Um, that's, this is why we called it the golden calf of nationalism. Right. We've played, we replaced it as an idol. Right. Instead of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep going. Uh, so Ryan, we live in the United States of America. We love the ideas of independence, personal freedom, and things that we deem as, as God-given 
right. Uh, is there a biblical argument to be made that we have the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as is worded in our Declaration of Independence? Uh, you, you, you have one right, and that's to serve Jesus Christ, to honor God and give him glory. I think this is where we reach extremely muddy waters. That statement, the rights of liberty, or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is all about self. And in God's kingdom, there is no self. You have died to yourself. Love others, lo love God, love the other, others. There is no self in the kingdom of God. In our nation right there, that is a self-me-focused statement. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Where in God's word do we ever read that pursue happiness? It is nowhere in scripture. You know, and, and, and I hear as a pastor, it, here, I, I hear this a lot in counseling people. I deserve to be happy. <laughs> you do? <laughs> Where in scripture does it say that? Because I'm told by Jesus, in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome it. Right? Which I love the second half. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for mentioning the second <laughs> half of that verse. I have one thing as a follower, as a Christ follower, as a Jesus follower, serve him. And serving him means loving God and loving others. And I think it's very, very, very murky waters when we get into, well, I have the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But also, if you go back to what we talked about in the first episode, right, about uh, how several of our founding fathers were deists and human intellect and humanism was kind of this uh, ultimate end goal because the creator just said, okay, here you go, uh, have fun. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at things through that lens, it makes sense because if, yeah. if human achievement is the ultimate goal, you know, saying, oh, hey, well, like we all have this, you know, life, liberty, and, the, and pursuit of happiness, that's inalienable, which is funny though because they're not, if you think about it, right, these are rights that our government gives to us and as we've seen over the last seven, eight months, uh, they can take them away. So they're not actually inalienable. Because <laughs> inalienable means you can't take and it let away. Me, let me say, with that, let's, let's keep on that line. With that, the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let me, let me ask you, in the last six months, have we as a nation been that happy? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's there. Have we been that happy? No, because, <laughs> because we have become so self-centered. And that is scary where we're going. And that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. But, so, yeah. So dig in a little bit, and, and you, you talked a little bit about this. I want to I go a little bit deeper, uh, because I think that last part, uh, maybe more than the other two, um, has caused uh, untold amounts of damage in our country. Um, because if we look at our ultimate goal as being like, well, hey, like nobody can take away my uh, right to go after the things that make me happy. Uh, dig a little deeper into that. What are some of the, the, the harmful things that can happen uh, if that is our mindset? Well, if that's your mindset, that statement, what I hear is I'm willing to walk on other people in order to make me happy. And immediately we put self in front of others. And that's wrong. It's just, it, it's, it's so 
we, and it's not even in America. I just think we in the world too. We, we, we make it me, me, me. What's going to make me happy? Well, cheating on your spouse over and over because you're addicted to something and you think that makes you happy is not okay. Whether you're a follower of Jesus, you're harming your family as you do that. that that's, not, <laughs> that's not good. You making certain decisions that you think, well, this makes me happy. This makes me happy. Time out. If you're a follower of Jesus, you got to say, does this choice honor God? Instead of, does this choice make me happy? It's God honoring. Mm-hmm. We have a submission issue. Which gets all boils back down to that, yeah. that uh, idea when we talk about the posture. Yeah. Huh? Um, I, 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 yeah, wearing a mask, it doesn't make me happy. So, I, I, Okay, but if, if a submission issue, if a store is asking, just put it, I just, I'm, I'm trying to be gentle right now. It's just, I don't think we represent the kingdom of God well when we are pursuing us and me and what we want. We got to pursue what God wants. And if God's heart is always broken for the others, then why are our hearts broken for others? Jesus was willing to die and give his life up for you and I. And we ought to do the same thing to surrender our rights and sit there and say, how can I serve you? What's the benefit of you rather than just focus on the me? But, but with that, right, again, so, so we talked about the pursuit of happiness, but I, I think closely uh, aligned with that is the idea of individual rights. Um, Mark Sayers and John Mark Comer in the podcast, This Cultural Moment, which everybody listening to this should, uh, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, go over and subscribe to This Cultural Moment. I'm, I'm finishing up season three. Uh, they have, what, four, five, six seasons, something like that, JB? I was going to say, uh, I think, I think they, they only had three. Do they? I thought they yeah. had. I thought they had at least. Four. Anyways, but season three, they they really do a deep dive into the individuality uh, complex that our culture has. Brilliant, Mark Sayers, way smarter guy than I am. Um, if you're only going to listen to one podcast and you're a follower of Jesus, uh, go listen to that one. Uh, and then if you have extra time, come back and listen to us because I think <laughs> that was a good, very good, good podcast. Extremely. Good, but he. I mean, he talks about some of the dangers of this, right? And and when we have, uh, he uses the language. We want the kingdom, the benefits of being part of a kingdom, right? Without a king, like to where we are the ultimate authority in our lives, right? You you put ultimate authority in the hands of the individual. But one of the practical ramifications of that then is, you know, and and people will lament, you know, uh, teachers and and youth leaders and all these people, like man, like kids today are so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. There's there's no respect. Mm-hmm. But 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 what else should we expect when for the last 244 years, if my math serves me right, we've been spoon feeding people this idea that nobody can take away their pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. So who are you, pastor, to tell me that my relationship is outside of God's sexual ethic? Mm-hmm. Who are you to tell me that it's wrong to have an affair? This mm-hmm. makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Who are you, parent, to tell me when I can go to bed? Who are you, teacher, to tell me to sit down, mm-hmm. shut up, and do my math? Because that's what I'm in this classroom for. Mm-hmm. Who are you to do that, right? You know, we, 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 we say, oh, well, hey, nobody has uh, you know, the ability to take away your pursuit of happiness, the, the individual rights, and the, the authority we give the individuals. Um, you know, I was talking to Pastor JB about this a little bit yesterday. Right, but like, you know, we live in a society where we, we think every voice carries equal weight. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it doesn't. Right. right. This is, and man, I don't know a lot about it, but the, the, the individual that comes to mind is, or you have this, uh, a Swedish, I believe she's Swedish, teenager, Greta Thunberg. I'm probably saying her last name wrong. I'm sorry, Greta, if you're listening to this. Uh, I'm sorry that I mispronounced your name. Happens to me all the time. Um, but, you know, the 17-year-old who went in front of the United Nations and basically yelled at them that they should take care of the environment better. She's yelling at investment bankers and telling them, well, you shouldn't spend money on it. I'm like, okay, great. You've got a passion for the environment. Um, and, and please hear me. I work with students. I think high school students, middle school students, preteen students have a lot to offer the world. But... <laughs> A 17-year-old kid's voice should not carry the same weight as people who are experts in their field. And, but we've said, oh, man, let's, let's celebrate this. Like, uh, really? Really? We're going to elevate this person? Oh, this is the person calling the shots for the freaking United Nations? I'm sorry. So I'm, we're, I, gotta, I know we're okay, getting a little need, passionate. You need to talk. Yeah, you need to I'm talk, talk Ryan. Because we, as as we're shooting this in our lobby, more people are coming in and they're giving us looks like, "Oh man, you guys are on some water, right?" Like, yeah. Also, Kinsey's eating something, and it yeah, looks, we we're not in the water. We are way. We have already dove into the water, and we're deep now. <sighs> sorry, you yeah, gotta no, talk because no. I'm getting I'm getting too worked <laughs> up. <sighs> we have made an idol out of the self. We want to serve me. It has become about me. And then we honestly are... <laughs> um, all right, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> he's, he's, more, he's more spiritually mature than me. He knows when to, to shut his mouth and not say something. I'm, I'm still working on that. I think everyone should have a voice, but the weight is different, right? Um, I do want to hear the voice of the next generation. But you are 100% right. There are experts who have given their life to this field. They're going to know way more than you. But express your concerns. Express what you want to see for your generation. No problem. But the issue became we've made a poster out of that whole incident. Mm. She's become the poster child for that. And um, I think that's where there's a fine line on what, what are we doing, guys? Because there are other people who have great voices and everything. But listen, we have to listen to the experts in those areas and be very careful. I ask, it goes back to the question. Okay, we want to talk about we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How's that going for us right now? I think I'm going to go back to that over and over in this podcast. How is that working out for us? You know, we say like that, the one quote that you said from Mark Sayers, you know, we want the kingdom without the king. It's so true because we all want, because why? Because we've idolized self. We are the ultimate absolute truth. And who are you to say? We love the idea of kingdom. We love the idea of God's kingdom. I think even, even atheists would love the idea of God's kingdom because blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek in spirit. Blessed, we ought to take care of the orphans and the widows and the foreigners who come to your to your country. We ought to take care of the foreigners. Yes, we'll get on There's that an topic. There's we'll an issue that we'll we will talk about. Yes. Um, yes, we should. I think even non-believers are passionate about that. But we don't want that one authoritative person to tell us what to do or what not to do. And that has gotten us into a mess as a nation and as a country. And that is not, as followers of Jesus, that's not us. It's the kingdom of God. 
so, hear the voices, but ultimately we submit to authority and ultimately we come under the heading of God's authority. Okay, uh, so so let's let's focus on the spiritual angle. What are some ways that an unhealthy priority on individual rights uh, can undermine the gospel and or our faith? Well, the the entire gospel was you die to yourself for the benefit of others. I mean, if you want to put it in a, in in those terms, that's what it is. I, I, Right now, uh, priority of individual rights. It all. I mean, we've. I feel like we've beat this. This. It's, it's all about you, 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 me, 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 me. What can I, 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 I get out of it? It, it? it. You want the world to revolve around you and your rights and what you're able to. We're to die to that stuff. And I want to go back. I want to just. I want to jump back on <laughs> this, Greta. Right. Like even that. Like, should we take care of our, our environment? Absolutely. 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 And I will say this, we're not getting on issues. One political party does it better than the other. Right. But, but, but you talk about like self and, and, and in one sense, you could look at something like, uh, take care of the environment. And that's not a, we could say, well, that's not a selfish thing. That's not, but you know, in, in this case, right? Like she's yelling at bankers, no, invest your money here. What are the ramifications of all these things? She says, Hey, I don't care about all the ramifications of that. Like if you change all your investments, if you do all of these things, who cares about the fallout of that? Take care of the issue I'm passionate about. I don't know. Sorry. I'm just, I'm fired. I'm God. We got to move on before I do something, say something stupid. <laughs> all right. No, um, it's just, it's, it's followers of Jesus have to be careful. Are we idolizing government? Or have we fallen and surrendered to who God is? Because we have pledged an allegiance to a flag of the United States of America. I'm not saying anything is wrong with loving the country. I'm fearful that we're doing that more than we are pledging my entire life to the Savior of this world, Jesus Christ. I'm scared. I'm frightened. And I'm not we are creating an allegiance to a government and as followers of Jesus, we are to be to have an allegiance to the creator of this universe. Which ties back to the last episode. Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, right? This is our posture towards the government, but he doesn't stop there. He says, give to God what is God's and that is everything. <laughs> our whole life uh, needs to be given to God. Yes. Um, how, and, and again, some of this is, is kind of like we're, we're, we're maybe beating a dead horse. Um, as followers of Jesus, how do we correctly handle the rights that we do have? And I know you're going to hate this because it's another one of those bipolar questions. I mean, you're totally going to change the way that I approach podcast questions. Um, but also, how do we handle it when those quote-unquote rights are taken away? And again, I'll, I'll just go to the with the example of... of you know, in COVID, we were in lockdown, we were in quarantine. Hey, like you can't, you got to work from home. You can't mm -hmm. go out unless it's to the grocery store. You can't mm -hmm. do this. You can't do that. How should we as followers of Jesus handle it when those rights are taken away? Um, first, I would say this. Allow motions. Al wrestle through your emotions, but allow them to settle. Because I think a lot of times we do those knee-jerk reactions and we react and, it's, and we react in an unhealthy way. This is why, as followers of Jesus, we need to be rooted in three environments, the row, the circle, and the chair, uh, to help respond and be like Jesus. So first of all, do that. Second of all, um, and this is, this is going to sound maybe weird to some, some listeners, 
take away my rights, God is still on his throne. I'm still okay. Take away my right from going to a grocery store, I'm still okay. Take away my right because I, or I can only go to a grocery store and I have to have a mask on. Take, the, take that right away. I'm okay. We've put too much coinage into that system and trust and hope and not into God. That's scary. Which we're not saying we don't. Again, we're able to do a lot of things that we do as a church because we have, we have, we have certain rights. We, we appreciate the blessing that our, that our government uh, system Absolutely. is and the, and the rights that we have. However, if, if that's where all of your hope and trust are, yes. uh, you're in for a world of hurt because we're not guaranteed any of those things. And they that's what we're trying to help people inalienable. understand that is check your heart. Where is your hope and trust? Because by golly, the government will fail you at times. <laughs> And, and the government will do things you highly disagree with. I can get upset and we can get up passionate about those things. But in the end, when I put my head on my pillow to go to sleep at night, Jesus Christ is still my Lord and Savior. And I still have a mission on this earth. And he's still on his throne. He is still good. He's still the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that's where my hope and trust is. So I personally... Um, for me, and I'm speaking only for me, I don't, I don't get too much carried away or up in arms over things like that. Um, and, and, and God was just working on my heart through that whole COVID pandemic and just everything of, um, and I think a lot of our own, there, there were several people. I mean, I got the emails. Don't worry. I got the emails. I got the Facebook messengers that we need to stand up more. We need to, but do we? <laughs> uh, but why? Well, uh, and it's the thing. My rights, my rights, my rights. Your rights is to honor God. That, that, that is your number one right. Hey, we're free. We're free. We're free. What, what, are we, what are we free for? To serve God? To help others follow Jesus? That's what we're free for. Let's do those things and not get so caught up in this. My rights are taken away. My right, my rights. I... Read the Gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Follow Jesus. It's all about him. It's never been. And how many times, and by the way, did Jesus, Jesus says, take up your cross daily. Take up the instrument of crucifixion, of death, every day and carry it. Man, we die to self. And that's hard. It's hard when it comes to faith and politics. That's why we're having this discussion. We've been heated in it. It's difficult, but we got to honor God first and foremost, above everything. Okay, so we've covered a lot of stuff in this podcast, and you just hit on some of it, but uh, to sum everything up, in, uh, I'm going to put you in 60 seconds. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I, w I want you, you to- got, I thought you were passionate about the way we started this podcast. You were passionate, really, in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> But to, to, to sum it all up, how do we as followers of Jesus live in the tension uh, between we are part of a worldly kingdom, right? but we're also part of uh, a heavenly kingdom. How do we live in that tension? Sum all this stuff up in 60 seconds. Go. <laughs> uh, first of all, live into it. Step into that tension. Don't be afraid. 
But ultimately, as you live into the tension, die to self. That is the Jesus way. We know that. That is scripturally. That's biblically. Die to self. Make Jesus the biggest name on this earth, not a political candidate. Make Jesus bigger than that political candidate and put your hope and faith in the kingdom of God rather than in government. Government has humans that are sinful, broken. They will fail. But let us love God and love others. Let us serve to build our communities up that will benefit our neighbor and benefit the kingdom of God, those two, rather than sit there and say, I'm pursuing my own happiness. Because that's the, the, the wrongest statement in the world is, do you do whatever makes you happy? That is unbiblical. And that if you're a follower of Jesus, you, I'm, I'm telling you now, you cannot have that in your life. You cannot have that in your statement. God determines our standards and way of living. And as we are growing and being rooted, we are learning the way of Jesus. And sometimes it's gray and we walk into it and not run away, but we think, how well am I representing Jesus in this moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that was a, a whirlwind of stuff there. Um, this has been episode 39 of Reading Reflections in our Faith and Politics. Politics? Politics. <laughs> hey, you caught yourself. I didn't even have to catch it. That's right. Uh, and again, this, this episode was called The Golden Calf of Nationalism. So we are going to continue with probably one or two more installments in the political series. Uh, probably next Monday we'll record those. Yeah, uh, and get into some issues that even you and I disagree. We'll get into some issues. Uh, those episodes will be the game of red versus blue. Uh, we'll talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in a largely bipartisan society and uh, talk through some of the issues. But uh, we'd love it if you'd like, share, subscribe, rate, review this podcast just to get the word out uh, what we're talking about. If it's beneficial to you. If it's not, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, but thanks for joining us for this episode of Radio Reflections. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections. Radiant Reflections.